0: You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcasting Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On MLB. You can follow me at Sully Baseball or on Instagram. At Sully Baseball Podcasts, you get Locked On MLB on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM. You know how to get the podcast. You can also go to the website, LockedOnMLB.com, to hear the show directly. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On MLB. Check out the other shows on Locked On as well. Great NBA shows, great NFL shows, individual shows, for individual teams. It's your team every day. And you get to listen to the takes of local experts on the biggest stories. It's now the 22nd day of April, 2019. And I am going to, at one point in this show, make a plea to podcasters, to baseball bloggers, to people who post stuff on Twitter, to baseball writers, to baseball announcers, to commentators, to everyone who talks about baseball. I have a plea to make about one of the best teams in baseball. But first, let's take a look at what we learned this weekend in a very strange weekend of baseball. We saw the Minnesota Twins take over as they're in first place, certainly in the loss column over the Cleveland Indians. They're on a hot streak. Now, of course, they beat the team that they should have beaten, that is the Baltimore Orioles, but it included a doubleheader sweep. And I don't care who you're playing in a doubleheader. Those are very hard to sweep. We saw the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think the Pirates are the single most interesting story of the last week or so. They've won seven of their last ten games. They lost the game on Sunday with a runner, Francisco Cervelli, being thrown out the plate by about, I don't know, 400 feet. I mean, I don't know why they sent him. Uh, It would have been a game-tying double in the bottom of the ninth, but he was thrown out, and the Giants happened to win that game, but... The Pirates look darn good every other game, and they now have a two-game lead in the loss column over St. Louis and three-game lead in the loss column over Milwaukee. Yes, of course, it's insane to be looking at the team in terms of loss column and standings. Yes, if I tell you that the Pirates' magic number is 142, it is. It is 142. But it's something to take a look at because the Pirates ended the season last year quite they had a very strong ending of the season. I stumbled over my words there a little bit. That sometimes happens when you do a podcast like this. I picked the Pirates to be one of the wildcard teams. I like their pitching. I do. I don't know if they'd want to have the Archer trade back because they gave up uh, Glasnow and they gave up... Uh, who's the, the... Meadows, thank you, from the uh, to the Rays. But do you know what? Their team's been solid. In fact, as of this recording... They have the best record in the National League. They currently own the best record in the National League as we're in late April. Now, there's a long way to go. And unlike Smokey and the Bandit, we do not have a short time to get there. There's a long way to go and a long way to get to the ending. But when you see the Pirates winning games they're supposed to win, showing they can pitch and showing that they've made it through some of the first hurdles... It is an impressive sign for a team that well, has some ambitions to be playing in October this year. Uh, the Dodgers won their series with Milwaukee, and because even though San Diego won today, they, that snapped a six game losing streak. And the Padres now are one game above 500, which is kind of where I thought they'd be. I thought going into the season, they're going to be a team that hovered around 500. And they're currently hovering around five hundred. A week or so ago they're in first place by themselves, and the Dodgers were stumbling. Now the Dodgers are on another solid streak. And there's something about this Dodger team. We talked about it in last week's shows. You know, even this game which was a, a, a bit back and forth, you had Bellinger hitting the home run to give given the lead in the ninth and stealing a home run. That's just everything looks right with this team. And did you notice that Kershaw has pitched well, too? He's come back from the IL and has pitched quite well. I, I just, I, I know it's a long way to go, and a lot of things can happen. But you know what? I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, and they're showing me why. Uh, Julie Stone, Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer. I've never said your name out loud, Julie. Uh, and I've, I've read your stuff, um, and she's someone I follow on Twitter and she writes a lot of great stuff about baseball. She posted something on Twitter, and I, I, I mispronounced your name, and I'm sorry, Julie. I apologize. She posted something really cool um, that I didn't—I did not know. I mean, maybe someone out there did, but I didn't know it until I saw her Twitter feed. Christian Yelich having an unbelievable start. The defending MVP is just hitting the ball wherever he wants it now. As long as he said home, you know what I mean. He has 13 home runs, all of them in Miller Park. He has zero home runs on the road. That's kind of sort of bananas. I mean, he's hitting well uh, on the road, but it's, he's, he doesn't have much power. He only has two doubles and no triples and no home runs. He has eight singles and two doubles on the road. While at home, he has 13 homers and two doubles. He, he likes his home cooking. Well, the Brewers have ceded first place to the Pirates at this point. There was a theme to the games that were played, even for some of the teams that won. The teams that played this weekend seemed to have a common thread of bullpen meltdowns. The Indians' bullpen blew a game where they let up five runs in the ninth inning. We saw all sorts of comebacks— all throughout the games that happened this weekend. Just take a look at some of the games, even some of the games that turned out to be victories. I mean, you saw the, um, I mentioned the Brewers scored three runs in the eighth inning to tie their game with the Dodgers. The Yankees and the Royals played a game where the Royals scored six runs in the eighth inning. To take the lead when they were losing five nothing, you saw the A's nearly come back when they scored three runs in the uh, what was it, in the eighth inning. You saw the Mariners score five runs in the ninth inning. It wasn't quite enough to win. You saw the Astros score two runs in the eighth and two runs in the ninth and leave the bases loaded. But one thing you saw is bullpens that were let's be kind and call them shaky. Even the Red Sox who wound up sweeping Tampa Bay. We'll get to that in a second. None of the games were easy, and it took a pickoff play by the catcher to win one game and an extra, another extra inning victory for the Red Sox. Actually, no, it was their first The other one was in the ninth. My, my apologies. I mixed some of the games up in my head. But you look at Red, all these teams were seeing meltdowns from their bullpen. Even in games that you won, you look around and say, oh, man, did we deserve to win that? Did we, deserve, we let up five runs in the ninth. We let up six runs in the eighth. That's the common theme you were seeing around baseball this weekend. Awful relief pitching. Even in victory. No one deserves saves. They're all done by great catches by the shortstop in Oakland or pickoff play by the catcher in Tampa. It's all of these bullpens are showing their cracks. Now, how much of it is because they're pulling their pitchers at an insanely fast rate, Glasnow was pitching great against the Red Sox. And someone told the you know, the manager, you better pull him now in the sixth And they had to go to a gassed bullpen. And the Red Sox wind up winning. But all throughout the weekend, you just saw. Bullpen blew this. Bullpen nearly blew this. Big lead chipped away there. And you got to think Craig Kimbrough's agent is making calls to all these teams like saying, hey, look it, I know my client made everybody in Boston change their pants last October. But before 2018, Kimbrel was a no doubt about it, terrific relief pitcher, especially 2017, which he had one of his best seasons. So would it kill you to take a flyer? Would it kill you to say, hey, maybe we should give this guy a shot? Because you see the relievers you see out there now, and teams out there are spitting the bit. And as always, this is going to be a season where a game here or a game there are going to be the difference between whether or not you're playing in October, playing for the wildcard game, or winning the division. So you might as well not run your bullpen in the ground now. That's just my thought. As I just kept seeing that no lead was safe this entire weekend. Now, we're going to take a little break. We'll talk a little blue chew. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Tampa. Even though they got swept, I have some thoughts about them. And just to remind you, you can get Locked On MLB on the new Himalaya podcast app. In this ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with its personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On MLB. All right, I know my mom is listening to this, so mom, just do me a favor and skip ahead a little bit. That'd be great, thanks. All right, everybody else, let's talk about sex. Good, ready-to-go sex. Now, you can increase your performance and build up your confidence. Everyone but my mom, listen up. I'm talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, so you know they work. Take them any time, day or night, on a full stomach, while stuck in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They're chewable, and they work twice as fast as the pills, so you know you'll be ready quicker than a manager can make a pitching change. Now, everyone I know has tested it, and I have many trustworthy friends who confide with me very personal details. They all tell me, it gives them a little extra and it works great. Now we baseball fans, we know all about getting a little edge with performance enhancers. And this is just isn't for people who can't perform. This is for anyone who wants uh, something a little extra. Look, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no awkwardness. In fact, the only awkwardness involved in Blue Chew is knowing that my mom is probably still listening. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Now, right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. All of that just by going to BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Once again, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB. MLB. Try it for free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. Thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. I'm recording this outside today. It's a beautiful day. I was going to record inside. I'm sitting outside recording it. It's a beautiful California day. That's why we have California. To have days like this. My beloved Boston Red Sox got a much-needed sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays. And suddenly, their terrible record is merely bad. They're 9-13, and which is bad. But remember, they were 6-13. and And they are five games out of first place, which is not great. But they were eight games out of first place, which is terrible at this time of year. So it's the sort of thing that gave the Red Sox a little shot in the arm. But with that being said, the Tampa Bay Rays are still in first place. They have a 14-8 record. They are the second-best team in the American League in terms of winning percentage. The team that's ahead of them are the Seattle Mariners, and it's mere percentage points, 640 for the Mariners. 636 for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are going to go on from this tough series against Boston. Well, they had a shot to win each of the games. It's just a ball bounced this way or that. And they're going to be playing the Kansas City Royals, who are not a very good team. And I suspect that the Rays are going to win a couple of games. And the Rays are a very good team. And if you take what the Rays have done this year, and you go back 162 games, this is a team that is an elite team one of the best teams in baseball and there's a lot of things to cheer for with this raised team there's a lot of things to pay attention with on this raised team there's a lot of things to turn your tv on and watch them that is just baseball pure baseball the quality of the play the quality of the defense the quality of the pitching staff the quality of the manager the quality of the organization the quality that they're putting on the field, they're winning. They didn't win this week, thank goodness, against the Red Sox, but against everyone else, they've been winning. And here's what I want to ask my fellow podcasters, bloggers, vloggers, columnists, commentators, play-by-play, just fans who write on Twitter. I'm gonna ask you to see if we can refrain from doing something that I am guilty of as well. I have been guilty of this. And that is when I talk about the Rays, I talk about the context of their attendance and their fan base. I did a podcast, I think it was the last one I did, uh, where I talked about the fan base of the Tampa Bay Rays and the fans who go to those games and cheer on the Rays have to be some of the most devoted fans in baseball because there is no reward for their fandom. No one even acknowledges they exist. And I saw what people were tweeting about during the Red Sox-Rays game and say, it sounds like a game at Fenway, meaning that there were more Red Sox fans than Rays fans there. There's always talk about, this is terrible attendance, always talk about if you have to move a team... Well, move the Rays, no one cares about them anyway. They're not gonna move the Rays. They're not. They're gonna try to find a way to make baseball work in Central Florida. If anything, they're gonna expand by two teams. There's room to expand by two teams. Baseball probably should expand by two teams. And they have to find a new stadium, of course. But I don't wanna talk about the Rays' future I don't want to talk about their stadium issues. We all know they have stadium issues. How they don't have issues with the stadium. They have a subscription. I know it's on the wrong side of Tampa. I know we've heard all of these things, and we know the attendance is terrible. But here's what I want everyone to do for, for this year. Make an effort, and I will do it too on this podcast. When you talk about the Rays, don't bring any of that up. Don't. Because in the end, how does that affect you? Are you a, a marketer for the Tampa Bay Rays? Are you counting the attendance? Are you someone who is taking the tickets and counting the stubs? Is that what you do for a living? Are you an ad exec who's trying to sell Tide and Budweiser to the Tampa Bay Rays or trying to buy ad time on their television station? If you're not then why do you care? Seriously. What does that matter to you? The one thing visually in terms of enjoyment of a game is, yes, visually it is nicer when you see a game that's at a packed ballpark. There's just something great visually about the stands are full and they're crazed and they're jumping up and down. But you know what? We all know that's not going to happen. I know that if there's a film that's like... uh, you know, an art house film—a film, a film that is not going to be, like, one of the best films that came out last year was a film starring Melissa McCarthy called Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's a very low-key, low-budget film. It's not an Avengers film. It's not a film about Queen. It's not a film with Lady Gaga. It's not a high-profile film, but it was one of the best films I saw last year. It was funny. It was heartbreaking. It was sincere. It was great. I saw it, in a very sparsely populated theater. And also, when I tell people, did you see this movie? Some people say, I heard it, was that any good? Other people were like, I never even heard of that film. Those facts, the fact that I was practically alone in the theater, and the fact that it wasn't a huge box office hit, did not at all hinder my enjoyment of the film. If there's nobody at the ballpark in Tampa Bay, the quality of the baseball is quite high. And in the end, that's what we're watching. I would love it if, can you ever forgive me, made as much money as Black Panther or Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever big superhero movie just came out. I would love that. But I also know that's not gonna happen. I would love it if Tampa Bay sold out every game, but that's not gonna happen and it's an old story. And we're getting away from what we should really be paying attention to. If I just judged, can you ever forgive me, based upon its box office and whether or not people knew it or not, I'd be like, why why would anyone want to see that? No one went to go see it. But I saw it and it was quite good. So consider yourself one of the people who are watching something really good that not as many people recognize. Maybe you'll cherish it more. But the thing about what I'm saying is, let's end that narrative. That narrative's boring. It's on the surface. In the end, it has nothing to do with the quality of it. There are so many actual entertaining things to be talking about the Tampa Bay Rays. And the fact that we should be building them up, if we're doing podcasting, if we're doing blogging, if we're doing vlogging, commentating, what we're doing is we're banging the drum for this sport that we all love so much, which is baseball. And they're, they're, they're winning. This is a winning team. And it's a winning team because they're interesting. They've cobbled together a lineup and, and on roster with players like Austin Meadows or Tyler Glasnow, as I mentioned both of them before, Tommy Pham, Avisel Garcia, Yandy Diaz. Adam Kolrek, is that how you pronounce his name? They've all of them people have been picked up from other organizations, and you got players like Lau and Kiermeyer contributing. Jose Alvarado, he looked bad the last couple of games, but he's been really good up until this point. They picked up uh, Charlie Morton, a World Series hero from the Astros for a few years ago, and oh yeah, Blake Snell is going to come back soon, and he's a Cy Young Award winner. What they don't have is that big masher. But imagine if they went on, like the White Sox want to unload someone like Jose Abreu. Who's about to go to free agency? You know, the, he's not a long term solution, but it's not a long term team. You know, this might be a good landing place for someone like Adam Jones because they need that big hitter, but as it stands right now, they're a fun, exciting team to watch. And isn't it boring to just say the negative story all the time? Isn't it? You yeah, know, no one's there. You know, someone's there. The attendance is at zero. Yeah, most of them are rooting for the Red Sox. Yeah, that's too bad, but did you see them, they're really good. What, what is, how does that affect your enjoyment of baseball? So let's make a pact right here, right now, as I record this on a beautiful day in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin. As we're here, let's make a vow to not bring up the attendance the rest of the year, to not bring up their fan base the rest of the year, to not talk about them in terms of contraction or relocation or even the issues with their stadium. Because do you know what? Those will all be issues at the end of the year. We've all heard about it, we've all talked about it. Instead, let's talk about the positive. The positive is this team that's been dealt a tremendously bad hand has for, looks like two straight years, putting together a quality product. They have every excuse in the book to say, we can't contend, what chance do we have? And they don't do that. They don't have the advantage of a big market. They don't have the big advantage of uh, deep pockets. They don't have the advantage of a great stadium or even a winning tradition. But they do have a team that may defy the odds to try to win their first ever World Series title by piecing together a team and to have to sit in the same division with the high-budget Red Sox, the high-budget Yankees, and to try to take them on. This happened in 2008. 2008 should be remembered as one of the greatest stories in the history of baseball. When that Rays team that had never even had a winning record up until that point, finished ahead of the Yankees, finished ahead of the Red Sox, beat the White Sox who were star-studded in the playoffs, beat the defending world champion Red Sox in a wild playoff series until they finally ran against the Philadelphia Phillies who probably were going to win the World Series anyway. That should have been one of the greatest stories in the history of baseball, of an underdog getting all the way to the World Series, to game five of the World Series like that. Instead, it was treated as, oh Jesus, no one's watching this. What a waste of a pennant. Let's be better. Let's be positive. Isn't it more fun to be positive? Instead of talking about how it has a small crowd that's there, let's think about the people who are there and how much they're loving it. Instead of talking about how ugly the stadium is, think, oh man, I know where I'm playing. When you see a game at the TROP, you don't say to yourself, oh, is this St. Louis or Philadelphia or Washington? I can't tell anymore because let's face it, a lot of these new teams they're building, they all look alike. But you know what the TROP is. So let's look at it as a unique baseball experience. The Rays are one of the best teams in baseball, and there's no reason they should be. The Rays, as they're put together, if you looked up today and said they're going to lose 100 games, you'd probably say, yeah, yeah. So let's look at the Rays as a positive example of a great organization and a team beating all the odds. Isn't that more fun to do than going, oh, nobody's there. No one cares. Don't be that. Don't be that person. Let's agree, at least for one season, that we all know, we all know, we know The problem's there. Let's look at it as a positive thing for one year and see how much better life can be if we're cheering for an unlikely winner instead of calling a great story bad just because it doesn't fit into some sort of cookie-cutter, Ken Burns, nostalgic look of baseball. I'm not a Rays fan. I'm root for the Red Sox. I make no bones about that. But as a baseball fan, guess what? The Rays winning the World Series would be good for baseball. I don't care if the ratings are me. We looked at the Nielsen ratings. Who watched the World Series this year? Sully. And that's it. If that's the case, I'll just look around like that empty theater when I was watching Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me? and think, man, you all missed something really good. Let's be positive Let's root for something good in baseball. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show in the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Lockdown MLB. Leave us a positive review or hell, a negative review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Help spread the word. I'll read them. Uh, Remember, check out the other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And tomorrow, we'll take another look at Major League Baseball. But until then, this has been the Locked On MLB Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.